Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Long Podcast Studio Sessions. I'm your host, Dylan Mark Murphy. And if you don't know that, now you do. Uh, I would hope you know, though, because, you know, we're a few episodes in. So fingers crossed you've gathered that information over the span of the last 24 or so episodes. Uh, Anyway, I'm joined today with one of the coolest people that I know. Um, He's super great, very down to earth. And I'm pretty sure you're probably familiar with him if you're listening to this and you came from TikTok. He's an icon, obviously. Um, I'm joined today with um, Steven. Steven, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello. Um, I am Steven Sullivan, and I'm very, very excited to be here. My favorite album is not the one we're talking about. We're talking about Fearless today, but my favorite album is Evermore. Evermore just, ooh, it hits me in all the right places. Um, and I've been a Taylor Swift fan since, like I've been listening to her since her day, debut album came out, but Reputation was really what got me on the Swiftie train. I Reputation changed everything. Absolutely. I feel like Reputation was, it came out at such like a, a time where social media was so, um, what is that? So like powerful and used a lot. So it yeah. makes sense that that was a turning point for a lot of Swifties where like, you know, Stan Twitter was like a huge thing. So to, to push people into Swifty dumb, Swifty, the Swifty fandom, whatever mm-hmm. makes perfect sense. And I love that you love Evermore, not necessarily like my favorite album, but it's gets overshadowed a lot by folklore. So yes, we need those Evermore stands just as much as we need, you know, debut stands. Yeah, I'm already mentally preparing for it to be snubbed at the Grammys after Folklore's success last year. 100%. They're not going to let her win Album of the Year twice in a row. No chance. Not going to happen. But you tried Taylor Swift and I respect <laughs> that. <laughs> um, obviously, as much as we love her recent work, as you said, we're here to talk about Fearless today. We're actually here to talk about what I believe is one of the most overlooked songs on this album. Um, Tell Me Why, which is is probably, in my opinion, just with the opening chords, one of the most yeehaw songs on this album. <laughs> Absolutely. That, that fiddle hits and you're like, oh, right. Fearless is a country album. <laughs> right, right. Very jumps between, especially the two songs it's between. It's going to, it's up and down and left and right. Ye freaking ha. <laughs> um, so just like all the other episodes, we're going to dive right in and get to know a little bit about Steven and also why, tell me why is one of his favorite Taylor Swift songs. So I guess you can tell me why Tell Me Why is one of your favorite Taylor Swift <laughs> songs. It's going to be a hard thing to phrase questions for. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, for me, Tell Me Why was a song that on the like 2008 version of Fearless, I always liked Tell Me Why, but it was never really a standout on the album to me. It, I knew that it was good. I love all of Fearless. Um, but then I was listening to Taylor's version when it came out back in April, and Tell Me Why was the first song that I really was like, whoa whoa this like she didn't come to play re-recording this this is so good um and that was probably that was the first song listening through taylor's version that it felt like i was hearing a truly remastered reinvention of the song and since then i just haven't been able to get over how good her re-recording of the song is it opened it opened my eyes to so much about the song Absolutely. And I feel like it's got one of the, especially with that fiddle at the beginning, one of the heavier 
instrumentals in like the song like like you've got other songs like breathe and you're not sorry which are like strictly like kind of like a piano and some minor acoustic guitar in the background but this one has so much instrumentation I think that's the word yeah um, that it it really must have taken some time to remaster and it does sound like her vocals sound different obviously but even the instruments like to to put that all back together and compare it to 2008 it is it feels like a whole different song almost absolutely yeah and it's so full mm-hmm. like it because I've seen a lot of people talk about um, some some of the Taylor's version songs feeling a little bit emptier mm-hmm. or more hollow, mainly because like they're so much more polished than they were when she first recorded them. Right. But Tell Me Why is one that I feel like is way, way bigger and more cinematic almost in the re-recording. It's such a large production, everything from her voice to the instrumentation. Definitely. It is a very, very well put together. And that's, it's so funny that this is one of those songs on the album that is so, um, you know, so drastically different from the original, despite how overlooked it is. And it's not like, you know, like you belong, I feel like we have songs like You Belong With Me and Love Story, which sounds so similar to the original mm-hmm. because they're so popular. So it was one of those things that was like, Ooh, I don't want someone to hear this and, you know, hate it because it doesn't sound like the original where I feel like, tell me why she had a lot more space to, you know, create that fullness within the song because people maybe didn't listen to the original version as much. So she was like, let's spice it up and make it really big and bold. And she did that. Yeah. She definitely played around more with the underrated like hidden gems on the album than she did the big hits. Exactly. Abso-freaking-lutely. Um, so this song, its interpretation is, I feel like it could be interpreted a lot of ways. I feel like most of the songs on Fearless are very relationship-based and it's very clear that it's about like, you know, heartbreak or finding love where Tell Me Why I feel like can go multiple ways. So I'm just curious, like, what does this song mean to you and how do you as an individual interpret it? Mm -hmm. Um, for me, I always feel like the song, I go back and forth on whether or not it's like legitimately she ever asks the person to tell her why, because there's a part of me that feels like it's almost that, I feel like everyone's had that experience where there's someone who just constantly is wronging you. And for some reason you keep them around. And then they finally just cross the line to a degree where you're just over that person treating you like garbage and you finally like, I'm done. I'm getting up. I'm walking away. And you just want to ask them like, why do you treat me so bad? Like, why were you just the worst person? Can you just tell me that to give me some peace? Um, And most times I feel like you don't get to ask that question. You just, you just leave and you never get that closure and the resolution of like, why did they treat me like garbage? Were they just a bad person or did they just not care about me? It, yeah. So that's, that's what I think about when I'm listening to the song. Definitely. It's super, super vague. And I agree. I think that there's there, it, it feels like, as you mentioned, she's kind of walked away from the situation and it feels less like a song that, you know, you are confronting someone and more like a song where you're just, you, you're, you're playing back like all of those moments, like, I wish I had said this, like when you have a conversation with someone and you're like, oh, I wish I had thought of that comeback, you know, mm-hmm. 15 minutes ago in the middle of that argument rather than fif- right now in my shower, you know, or whatever, like 
to play through those moments, this feels like one of those songs where you're talking about, you know, like conversations that you wish you had had rather than, yeah. you know, just walking away, like you said. Um, this song is sandwiched between, which I think you mentioning that about how she never actually asks, you know, the person why they did that. I think this song is placed before You're Not Sorry and um, right after Breathe, which is a little chaotic because you've got, you know, Breathe, which is that slow, incredibly heartbreaking, so sad song. And then you've got You're Not Sorry, which is also really sad, very heartbreaking. And you've got a a giant fiddle in between it. Um, So I want to know, do you think that it makes sense to place this track, whether it be sonically, lyrically, storytelling wise, do you think that it makes sense for this song to be put between those two pieces? It's funny because at first when I was thinking about this question, I was like, no, tell me why I shouldn't be in between breathing not sorry. It's too much. Like that's why did she do that? But then I was looking at what would happen. I don't think tell me why could come after you belong with me. Like, I don't think tell me why and breathe could switch. That would not work. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, so maybe you switch tell me why with you're not sorry, but then you would have breathe and you're not sorry back to back, which is, a lot and then you would have tell me why the way I loved you and forever and always all back to back (laughs) also a lot yeah so thinking about it that way I was kind of like the five track run from breathe to tell me why to you're not sorry to the way I loved you to forever and always I feel like it works and it's a really good balance if you listen in order from oh my god I'm so heartbroken oh my god I'm so mad that I'm heartbroken Oh my God, I'm so sad that I'm heartbroken. Oh, I'm so mad that I'm heartbroken. <laughs> right. it, that back and forth is a lot of fun if you're listening instead of just sitting in one place for so long. So I think it works. For sure. And I, I agree. I think that that if you place, you know, too many of like breathe and you're not sorry, being right next to each other wouldn't make sense because breathe, like she literally has the whole bridge, which is like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, over and over again. Right next to you're not sorry. It's like, hmm, interesting, still the, the pacing is similar, but you're going to get whiplash from the different perspectives. Yes. So you might as well just get whiplash from dramatic Colby Calais in the background, kind of breathing versus the fiddle and then go back into the piano and then, you know, jump up and down. It makes, it makes perfect sense to, and might not make sense with just the three of them. But like you said, in the long run, you know, you're going back and forth and not sitting in one place for the entire time. So mm-hmm. it makes it a lot more enjoyable to listen to, even if it's not cohesive. I'm doing air quotes. Obviously you can't see that because this is a podcast, but those are air quotes. <laughs> yeah. Cohesion. I, who cares? Literally like, <laughs> like literally who cares? <laughs> a collection of 15 good songs. I don't care. Yeah. And especially like, like, Fearless and debut specifically, I don't think cohesiveness was in her thought process at the time, even you get to, you get to albums like folklore and evermore, which are incredibly cohesive, whether it's intentional or not, but debut and fearless, they kind of feel like she had all these songs. She wanted to put them out in the world and here they are. And they're all really good. Sometimes you just got to get yourself started. And she didn't, she had, that was the start of her discography. So, and it worked out for her from what I can tell. Well, I, 
<laughs> given her the most awarded country album of all time, I would assume that it, it sort of worked out for her. Um, so this song has such a specific tone, such a specific um, sound to it. That's even it doesn't even match some of the other songs on Fearless, um, mm-hmm. because as we mentioned, it's all over the place. Um, but do you think that it would work well on any other album? See, I I don't think it could have gone backwards. Like, I don't think it could have been on debut. Okay. Because um, at first I was kind of like, you know, it does, it has the fiddle. It is very country. It, right. But I feel like it's almost too much for debut because debut was such a pleasant little collection of what, 14 songs. And it's just like, it's a fun time with, she was like 15, I think, when she recorded it. Like, Tell Me Why is a bit much for that. Definitely. Um, and then I could, I could maybe see Tell Me Why fitting in on Speak Now. Okay. But to be honest, I feel like it works really, really well on Fearless. Like if it had to move, I would put it on Speak Now. Okay. But if I could keep it on Fearless, I absolutely, I feel like that's where it works. Okay, so this is my my first hot seat question because obviously um, got to have like one or two of those. Uh, so if you were to slip it on to speak now, as you mentioned, if it, if it could magically work, where would you put it? Let me, let me look at the track list for speak now real quick. Wow, you don't have the track list for speak now memorized? Forgive me. Shame <laughs> on me. How dare you? Oh. your entire life to memorizing all of her albums back and forth i'm slipping it's bad <laughs> um <laughs> see i feel like it could maybe work in between dear john and mean okay because I certainly think going from Dear John to Tell Me Why would provide that necessary track five to track six whiplash. <laughs> That's like a requirement for her albums. Right. Um, and then to follow Tell Me Why with Mean, they feel similar. For sure. But also I don't think they necessarily like cancel each other out. And I feel like it could be interesting to have them back to back although that kind of goes against everything that I said like five minutes ago with staying in one place for too long (laughs) right so who knows maybe after haunted that would be that what's after haunted tell me why then last kiss that would be ouch a lots of whiplash but you'd get yeah it would make sense lyrically yeah yeah I think that it would make sense and I mean um I was going to say something right before that. Oh, I forgot it. Oh, I was going to say that Tell Me Why and Mean are very similar songs. And to have them so close to each other and, you know, you get your whiplash from track five. I feel like this song is also like the outside Mean and Tell Me Why are almost all the same song. Yeah. Because, you know, they're all very yeah. like did I do something wrong? No, it was you. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it makes sense. You could slip it in there, make it a track six and tie it in with the outside, which I also think is track six. I don't have the debut album memorized, so I'm not sure. 
It is because it's it's cold as you the outside tied together with a smile with a smile. I have that memorized. I guess that's oh. one track on the debut album. Go me. Um, <laughs> <Old> star. <laughs> um, okay, so. What is your all-time favorite lyric from this song? You've got so many to choose from. This oh. is not even like a like a shake it off kind of thing. You've got so many lyrics in this song, and it's only what like four minutes, three and a half minutes yeah, long. Not long. Uh. <laughs> she squeezes so many like little gems into it, right. and the one that always comes to mind first because it just makes me laugh because I feel like this line doesn't work if you just read it. It feels, it reads as such a, like, not a burn, not a roast at all. And it just, like, almost comes across super childish and weak. The, you could write a book on how to ruin someone's perfect day. <laughs> you could read that. That sounds, so, like, if you just said that to someone in a fight, that's not a burn. That doesn't, <laughs> like, what? But something about the way, like, where it comes in the song and the you can hear her frustration when she sings the line and how day is like held out and the drop down musically on day and stuff right. it makes that line work so well and i i just think that's such a fun line and such a little dig at someone it yeah i really really like that line no definitely that's that's definitely if you take it out of context a little cringy to just read but I do think that, as you said, it's it's not a roast, but the way she says it, it feels like a jab. And yeah, yeah. it's definitely like, like, what is that? Like a, what is this? Your elbow, like an elbow to the stomach kind of thing. And it's, it's not, it's not shady unless you really think about it, but it's, it's very surface level. I, I agree. I think that's a, that's a really funny lyric in general. And it's just, it's so interesting to me that Taylor Swift, the lyrical genius that is Taylor Swift wrote that lyric and <laughs> slipped it onto this album because <laughs> honestly I I'm sure I could find a third grader who could write something very similar to that but it's such a funny lyric in general yeah and I also I feel like it contributes to like with the feeling of the song because also I don't know I forget where it is in the song there's a point where she's like you make me so frustrated that I forget what I'm trying to say and just that feeling of like you can't think of any words to spit out. And so that's what comes out. Like you could write a book. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I guess she's, she's out of words to say. So that's, that's what she's going. And that's right after that line too. So that's perfect. It's like, you could write a book on how to ruin someone's perfect day. Well, I get so confused and frustrated, forget what I'm trying to say. So yeah, that makes sense. Taylor Swift is physically running out of words right here and she's throwing all of them at you. That's oh hilarious. Um, Okay, my final question is, what would you rate this song on a scale from 1 to 13? I've been stewing on this one because I, like, don't want to just say that it's a perfect 13, but I legitimately haven't been able to come up with any issues that I have with it that would warrant docking a point. Mm -hmm. So I think I've just got to say that I would give it a 13. That's controversial. Like, the chorus, every time she sings the chorus, it's slightly different. So the song is evolving even as you listen to it. The cyclical structure of the song with the beginning of like, I told you I'm not bulletproof and you didn't listen. And then the ending of I told you I'm not bulletproof and now you know, we're done. Like you don't get another chance to realize that I'm not because I'm leaving. Right. The 
I don't know. There's just, there's so many good little nuggets in this song. And the, we already talked about it, but the instrumentation, I freaking love the strings in this song. They're awesome. so good. Definitely. They bring so much life and bounciness to it. it so yeah, I'm, I'm going to go full send and I'm going to say it's a perfect 13. <laughs> I love that. I think very rarely, like, especially in debut or fearless, did anyone give like the song they were talking about, like a 13, because they always, you know, that what lots of people seem to do is compare this body of work to her current bodies of work. So to see someone give a fearless song in general, a 13, I, I have to applaud you because you, you actually analyzed it and didn't just go off surface level. Like, like, Oh, I like the song. I don't like the song kind of thing. So I respect that. I respect (laughs) that you're killing it. Um, okay. Uh, my other hot seat question is even though you gave it a 13, I'm just curious to know what, um, two or three other Taylor Swift songs would you give a 13? Oh, um, Lover. Lover for me is just, I've never listened to Lover and not had the biggest, goofiest smile on my face. She gets to that bridge and I just, there's lit, there's pink clouds everywhere around me. It's so wonderful. I love Lover. Um, Enchanted. Clearly. Enchanted is so good. And we're going to disagree on this one. And I'm not saying it just because we're sitting here on Zoom and I'm with you. I, but Cowboy Like Me. Cowboy Like Me. <laughs> I, Cowboy Like Me was the first time I listened to Evermore. It, I hated it. It was last place. I despised the song. I was like, this guitar break is the most boring 30 seconds of my life. I wish I was asleep right now. I hate this. And then the more and more time I've spent with that song, I just, I almost don't shuffle Evermore anymore. Every time I listen to Evermore, I start with Cowboy Like Me and then I shuffle from there because I want to make sure that I like listen to it when I'm listening to Evermore. I love Cowboy Like Me. I, you know, I, I respect it and I respect people who like that song you know obviously we we're going to disagree (laughs) um just a little bit because I think that it's that song specifically is probably my all-time least favorite Taylor Swift song and I think it's just because you know like I know it's like four minutes long but for some reason like I get to the chorus and then I get to the bridge and it feels like like every time one of the verses ends I'm just like is oh it's still going oh there's more to it it, it, it's so it's not even like dear john long or like last kiss long it is just like it's just it's like it this i guess it's probably because it's so slow and it's clearly like a a song for people with acquired taste and i just have not acquired that taste yet yeah. um and maybe i never will i don't know i'll go listen to gorgeous instead <laughs> which is totally fine like it doesn't matter what songs people did like right. in it the stakes could not be lower exactly it doesn't it doesn't really matter I mean I'm glad that Cowboy Like Me has stands because I thought that everyone thought that that song was boring when it first came out and and most people did most people were like every time I post about it the comment section is always like I used to hate this song and now it's my all-time favorite and it's like I respect that I mean I'm never gonna listen to it ever again but I respect that (laughs) it's and it's just it's just the girl's got 150 something songs in her discography you can hate one of them no Taylor Swift isn't gonna cry about it I'm sure Taylor Swift doesn't like some of the songs she's released sure I I, I would be so curious 
when when she assuming she hasn't recorded debut yet what it'll be like for her going back to the, because there's got to be songs back there that she hasn't sung in years let alone like thought about yeah and i think something that i talked about with someone on one of these episodes was like a lot of her early stuff was um and she mentioned it in um the fearless announcement about how you know they were like you can't put too many breakup songs on an album or you can't do this or that's that's too many songs in general and now we've got you know three disc formats where she can put a hundred songs on a cd if she wants um but so much of her early stuff was um constructed by that label that she was with and there there was definitely pushback from all of the the older guys at the table who are like you know we got to put this one on there not that one so it's just it's, it'd be so interesting to hear her thoughts on that album specifically, yeah. just because I want to know how much of it did she actually want to like put on there? You know, like, I don't know how familiar you are with Hilary Duff. Um, Enough. But she has that debut album and like so much of it. She's like, the, the, it was like 2003 or whatever. And like so many people, she didn't want so many of those songs on there or whatever. And it's just so interesting. I would love to hear what songs Taylor Swift pushed for on yeah, debut yeah. and being a teenage girl, I can only imagine that a lot of her opinions were pushed to the side, despite it being her work. Yeah. She definitely did not have much say. Yeah. I can't imagine no offense to her, but are anyone who likes, you know, the, the outside, but I don't see with like the lyrical genius that is our song and should have said no and teardrops on my guitar. I don't think that Taylor Swift went into the room and pushed for the outside to be on debut. Although it's yeah. a very adolescent edgy song. I don't think that's one of the songs that she went in there and was like, this needs to be on this record. So yeah, come on, Taylor Swift, just come on this podcast. Let's talk about it. She, next week. Tune in. She'll- <laughs> <laughs> That'd be really chaotic. I won't even publicize it as Taylor Swift though. We'll just say a got me friend Taylor coming in (laughs) um but yeah those are all of my questions um is there anything that you would like to share say add the floor is yours if you want it um yeah well thanks for listening if you made it this far this was very very fun um if you don't know where to find me it's steven sully one on all platforms i think if not they're all connected and i'll be on one of them um yeah, but you should check my stuff out. And you also should check Dylan's stuff out if somehow you found your way here and haven't. <laughs> There's a lot of math you'd have to do to end up here without knowing who I am. But, you know, <laughs> that's why Steven's here. It's for the popularity boost only. So I will never speak I, again after this. Everything that I know I learned from you, Dylan. <laughs> oh, please stop. No, um, I, I think it's really funny, too, that you said if you made it this far, because I end every single podcast episode this season with like, if you, you know, you never have to listen this far, but if you did, I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for wanting to do this and coming here to chat about one of the most underappreciated songs on this album. So obviously I adore you. I wouldn't have done this if I didn't. Um, but I, I think you're great and I just really appreciate you in general. Thank you. You're wonderful (laughs) as well. This is so fun. I had such a good time. I try. Thank you. Um, But that is all for this episode of the Long Podcast Studio Sessions. Uh, Once again, I'm your host, Dylan Mark Murphy, and I'll put all of Steven's stuff in the bio and all the social media posts too if you want to check him out. 
uh, if you haven't already. Um, Otherwise, have a beautiful rest of your day. Stay safe, drink water, wash your hands. And, you know, if you listen this far, I do really appreciate it because obviously you never have to. So um, I'll speak to y'all in two days when we talk about You're Not Sorry, which is definitely one of the most heartbreaking songs, but also my favorite song on this album. And I'm so excited. Um, Have a good rest of your day, morning, night. Stay safe, drink water, wash your hands. Be safe. Adios.